from Los Angeles, and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School for Sunday, January 27th of 2013. My name is Michael Benner. Good to be here with you every Sunday for the Mystery School. Today, we're going to talk about wisdom at work, which uh, we rarely do. Seems we talk about all aspects of our lives particularly your relationship with yourself and, of course, your relationship with important people in your life, your family, your friends, your closest and most intimate romantic relationships. But rarely do we talk about relationships at work. And this is a big part of our day. There's no reason to ignore it. The Mystery School topics about self-awareness and personal growth and being more active and effective in our lives certainly carries over into the workplace. So let's talk about it. I think perhaps one of the reasons we feel so helpless at work is the authoritarian structure of most workplaces. And In spite of the fact that many of our bosses may have masters in business administration, the weak link in most businesses, the vast majority of businesses, is people skills. So you can have an MBA, you can have a PhD in business administration, and still be horrible when it comes to managing people. My experience and the experience of many of my clients when we talk about such things is that in business at work, regardless of the nature of the business, I mean, it could be a big corporation, it could be an industry or a manufacturing concern, it could be a a factory farm, it could be a small business, a mom and pop shop. It doesn't matter all that much. We still find many managers managing people as if they were parents, managing the way they would parent. And so in spite of the fact that they may know what they're doing, they may have product knowledge, they may know the marketplace, they may know accounting, they may be great executives in many regards, but they just lack those people skills. And so they're still managing people at work the way they would parent their children at home. And workers are not children, and bosses are not parents. And the authoritarian structure at work is the big problem. It's old school. And I'm not talking about replacing it with a new management model just to be nice to workers. We're going to talk today here in the free forum and also in the premium training that follows about employee satisfaction. But it's not merely a matter of altruism or let's just be nice and kind and friendly and sort of a Rodney King at work. Can't we all get along here? We're talking about a win-win-win situation all the way around where the customer wins because he or she gets a better product and better follow-up and better service. The customer is more likely to be satisfied when, number two, 
the employee is satisfied and management takes that into consideration. In some businesses, employees are even discussed as if they are customers. I like to distinguish the two, but the point is we need to, as business people, as owners, as managers, small business, large, corporation, whatever, treat our employees in much the same way that we want to satisfy our customers. And when they win, as I said, everybody wins. And that means the corporation wins. So the win-win-win is customer-employee and company bottom line as well. Everybody benefits, you see. So I was watching Les Miserables the other night and, uh, you know, the opening scene where they're pulling the ship with the rope up into the dry dock and other versions of that film, the great Victor Hugo classic where the prisoners are rowing in the galley of the ship. And this is slave labor. I mean, they're in prison, but it's still basically slave labor. And I've had jobs where I was treated that way. And I bet you have too. And it could have been, I'm, Thinking of some of my jobs, uh, they ranged far and wide from delivering flowers to working in an iron foundry with people actually being killed around me. So I've had all kinds of jobs and been treated badly in many of them. It's one of the reasons that I gave up working for other people by my mid to late 30s had decided to work for myself. And it's difficult, it's challenging to work for yourself. You're, you don't get the benefits. They're not providing, you know, health care benefits for you. you. You don't have that paycheck handed to you for uh, a regular amount that you can rely on every Friday afternoon. But the rewards of self-employment are extraordinary. The freedom that you have and not having to deal with bosses that you just do not respect. So the problem we're going to discuss here is basically the old-school authoritarian model, which is hanging on in a bad economy because managers don't have to be skilled or talented at retaining their employees. The market is so bad, and... There are so few job opportunities available for many people that they can go ahead and be bad managers and say, what are you going to do? If you don't like it, there's the door. You ever been told that? Literally, there's the door. If you don't like it, I got 10 other people lined up that are waiting to take your job. And probably for less, because we're thinking about not only downsizing, but outsourcing. (laughs) We're going to send your job to China, where a a teenager is going to do it for 10% of what I'm paying you. And here you can barely live on the money you're making as it is. So it's a sad situation, but the good news is increasingly... Businesses are discovering the benefits for all concerned. As I say, the satisfied customer, the satisfied employee, and the satisfied manager. 
they're all happy now because we've already ironed out the importance. We've determined and defined the basics about customer satisfaction and well, even going beyond customer satisfaction to customer loyalty. A great example that I always think of is uh, the Harley-Davidson crowd. These guys will tattoo the logo onto their body. That's customer satisfaction, gang. (laughs) That's customer loyalty. When they tattoo your logo onto their body, they love your product. And all that's involved with it. So you want to go beyond customer satisfaction to customer loyalty. And then why not at work go beyond employee satisfaction to employee loyalty? Again, any business school graduate knows that it's economically in the company's interest to retain an employee. It's much more cost-effective to keep an employee on the job than to have a high turnover rate because you have to retrain. You have to deal with all the mistakes and the oversights that are made by new employees as they're coming up to speed. You have to allow for that. So any business recognizes, virtually every business recognizes the importance of not only customer retention, but employee retention, not only customer satisfaction and loyalty, but employee satisfaction and loyalty. And yet we all have these experiences of bosses that couldn't care less. So what's their problem? Are they just bad managers? Do we look to the top at the executives? Yeah, I think we need to. Who is providing the leadership for the manager. And what is one of the central problems here in this authoritarian model? I mean, what do we mean by that? And if people are managing the way they parent, do it because I tell you to do it, and there's the door and all of that, why? Why are they not aware of a better model that benefits all concerned? Well, A lot of it is just education. Business schools have not included the psychology and personal management classes necessary for people to recognize that this is their weak link, not knowing how to deal with people, how to manage people. They need psychologists and behaviorists and psychotherapists. They need to provide these services, but In an era where profits are seen almost exclusively as a product of cutting costs, there is improving sales, right? There is improving the quality of your goods as well as the quantity of goods sold. There is, as we've already said, the importance of customer satisfaction and Loyalty, because it's not only repeat business, but it's new business. It's referrals that are brought to you by the satisfied and loyal customer. So what is it that management and the executives at the top fail to understand here about the damage they're doing to themselves 
in the medium and long term by looking only at the short term and what suits them in the short term. What are they missing when they rely on the old school authoritarian model as if this were still the 18th century and your workers are slaves in a galley like, (laughs) you know, like Les Miserables or the United States before the American Civil War. The idea is you've got to drive power down instead of hold on to power. This is the point that most executives never really get, and therefore their managers don't understand. There was a lust for power at the top. Power feels like control. Few people in business It's changing. This is what's hopeful and encouraging about this. But still, we're talking about relatively few people understand the greater power that comes from empowering other people. Instead of a give or take, you or me world, we have to create a give and receive you and me world at the workplace where the executive and the manager understands that his or her power comes from empowering, that is driving power down, to the people that work for them. Another concept in this regard is called listening down. To listen down means to check in with the employees who are most likely to be affected by new directives and new policies before you institute them. (laughs) Seems like a no-brainer, right? But again, haven't we all had jobs where suddenly you get a memo or a note that the policy has changed? It completely changes the way you work and creates more problems then it solves because they never checked in with you. I remember working at a radio station where they decided they were going to redesign the new studio. They were going to build us a brand new studio. And so they called in the engineers and they said, design us a new studio, and the engineers did. But the problem was the engineers had never been on the air. An engineer had never queued a record or a CD. An engineer never had to stand at the control board or sit in front of the control board for four or five hours, day after day after day, reaching for this, stretching for that, managing this control. And so it just seems so obvious. Why would you not bring in the people who are most affected by these changes when you're going to redesign the room that they use. And this was a big company. This was ABC, the American Broadcasting Company, right? Disney, though I'm sure Walt would be embarrassed of what's happened to that company. But this is typical. This is just my experience. But in talking to clients and students and many of my friends, I see the same thing repeated over and over and virtually every industry. The memo comes down. The order is given. This is the new way we're going to do things. And it just never occurred to anybody to check in with the people who were most affected. 
Now, there are new management systems like TQM, Total Quality Management, which was really created by uh, a fellow named Deming. And he could not interest anybody in the United States in this back in the 50s and 60s when he started uh, teaching it and writing about it. So he went to Japan. And the Japanese, after World War II, took this and ran with it. They have their own name for it. I think um, I have to pull on my memory now. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I think it's called Kazan. And again, in America, it's known as TQM or Total Quality Management. And it includes these concepts of empowering the worker and driving power down and understanding that holding on to power creates a block and you want the energy to flow in a company or in a business you don't want to kink up the hose right you want to keep it open and and avoid resistance at any point in the production stream and so to hold on to power it's sort of like what holding on to money does to your prosperity. If you want your income to dry up, just hold on to your money. Stop spending it. It'll <laughs> be like Scrooge in the counting house. It'll, it'll dry up your income in no time because anywhere on the circuit, if you create a block or a resistance like a kink in the hose, that's going to break the circuit and stop the flow. And you have the same thing in a company. So the energy moves in both directions. You've got to drive power down to create a leadership engine that lifts people up at work. I'm going to say that again. Driving as a manager, as an executive and a manager, and right on down the hierarchy, if you drive power down, it lifts the employee up. It creates a leadership engine. It enhances not only customer and employee satisfaction, customer satisfaction follows, obviously, not only employee satisfaction and loyalty, it increases and enhances your level of retention. It's much more cost-effective. Everybody is much more motivated. People actually like coming to work, and they feel like stakeholders, if not stockholders, at least stakeholders. They're emotionally invested in the work, in the product or the service that's provided. They're proud of what they do. Some corporations have even seen the wisdom of having employees, especially at the inspection and quality control stage, put their name on the product so that they can take some personal pride in what they do. Many businesses don't allow for it. They, they only want their logo on the product, not the identity of some individual. They fear being beholden or indebted to the employee when, in fact, without employees, you're nothing. There's a great line by Henry Ford, I... I have to paraphrase, but he said, you can burn down my factories and take away my machines, but give me my employees and I'll be back in business in no time. That's the strength and that's the power. 
So Japanese industry ran with Deming's model, and one of the things they did was radically reduce the tiers or the layers, the levels of management. And they also require managers to work on the floor in factories and other industries and businesses to not only listen down and pay attention to what the workers most affected have to say about this policy or that policy, but they actually take off their white shirts, put on blue shirts, and go to work for a couple of weeks every year so they can fully empathize. This is the kind of rapport that every worker really wants from his or her boss. And there's no reason that enlightened companies can't bring this to their workers. Bottom line, when I teach this to businesses, I call it wisdom at work going from commander to coach. And the whole idea is instead of the old authoritarian, do it because I say so, I'm your boss, I'm your father, (laughs) or your mother. I'm the general. I'm the commander. Instead, I'm uh, the coach. And my job is to make sure that you do the best that you can. My job is to help you, to empower you, to lead you, to show you the way, but to bring you up through the ranks. But again, get this cycle in your head. Driving power down lifts the employee up, and that's good for everybody. Good for the bottom line, good for the top line, good for employee satisfaction, customer satisfaction. The board is happy, everybody's happy (laughs) when we move to these much more enlightened and intelligent management skills. So if you want to know more about this, and you're not yet enrolled for the premium training that follows in about five minutes, jump over to our website, theagelesswisdom.com, the W's dot, theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars and then premium training, and you can sign up in about 60 seconds. The thank you page and an email that confirms your registration and your tuition will each include the URL and the password you need to join us in a few minutes. And you'll also be able to, by saving the URL and password, listen to the replay on demand and even download the MP3 onto your desktop and keep it that way. Okay? So uh, no time for a meditation this week, but If you'd like to do a little visualization process, close your eyes and just think of the difference between handing down commands and directives and memos in the authoritarian model with no lift upwards versus a cycle, a loop where driving power down with regard to employee satisfaction not only improves retention, customer retention, and employee retention, but everybody's happy, everybody does a better job. Employees as well as customers are not only satisfied, but become loyal, and everybody wins. And it's happening. It's happening with the smaller companies, the medium-sized companies, and there even are a few enlightened mega multinationals 
that are beginning to institute this. And the implications? Well, the implications in the marketplace is something we're going to talk about in the premium training too. So I hope you can join us. Thanks for being with us. Be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from L.A.